Many blessings to you as we celebrate the feast day of Our Lady of Guadalupe. Before speaking about how the Blessed Virgin Mary appeared to us in the Americas, I want to do a quick review of the passage we have here from the first chapter of Luke. First, a detail about John the Baptist, and if you were present or you listened online to the Advent 3 message delivered yesterday, you will recognize this. Just like in the Old Testament, when David danced before the Ark of the Covenant and asked, How could the Ark of the Lord ever come to me? John the Baptist danced within the womb of Elizabeth when Mary, pregnant with Jesus, approached. And Elizabeth said, How is it the mother of my Lord should come unto me? The technical word for that is parallelism. It's something that occurred in the Old Testament that's now found in the New Testament, but now it's in a full or more complete nature. Almost identical story as far as the content or what's going on. In the Old Testament, the Ark of the Old Covenant carried the law of God, a written representation of God's holiness. In the New Testament, the Ark of the New Covenant, also known as Mary, carried God himself in the person of Jesus and all of his holiness in complete fullness, manifesting the incarnation, dwelling among us. Then, just as David danced before the partial manifestation of God, John the Baptist danced before the complete manifestation of God. We want now to take a look at how Mary was greeted. The angel Gabriel Mar greets Mary, saying, Hail, full of grace, Luke one twenty eight. In other translations, it says, Greetings, most favored. Now, greetings and hail have basically the exact same meaning. They're synonyms to each other. There's no controversy there. But depending on one's doctrinal position, the next part does get a little sticky, and therefore we want to look at exactly what was said. The next word in the text is ke cheritomene. That word we translate into English as full of grace or highly favored. The word, though, we have to look at has what's called a perfect tense, meaning it is complete and it is ongoing. In other words, the Greek have a tense for the past, present, and future all at once. In English, we do past, we do present, we do future. The Greeks have a verb tense that do all of that wrapped into one. So what we're saying here is you have been fully graced, you are fully graced, and you will continue to be fully graced all in a single word. More simply, full of grace. Mary's cousin Elizabeth then greets Mary, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. That's Luke one forty one forty two. Elizabeth continues, Why is it granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come unto me? We break these, we bring these pieces together, and so far we have Hail Mary, full of grace, blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb. Holy Mary, Mother of God, why should the Mother of the Lord come unto me? The only thing we have missing is pray for us sinners now in the hour of our death. But when we jump over to James and those who are sick and in need of mercy are then instructed to seek the prayers of the righteous, and we know that no other person is more righteous than Mary, it all comes together. We have in the words of the prayer known as the Hail Mary something that is completely biblical from start to finish. 
Finally, Mary expresses that her spirit rejoices in God, her Savior. And some of our Christian friends will say, see, there she had sin as well. But that does not necessarily come from the text. Yes, Mary is absolutely in need of a Savior, just like all of humanity needs a Savior. The difference is, because we understand the perfect application of God's grace, past, present, and future, we can understand and know that God preemptively preserved Mary from sin by applying his saving grace from the moment of her conception. Now, let us turn our attention to the Blessed Virgin Mary as she appeared to us in the form of Our Lady of Guadalupe. Our Lady of Guadalupe is the appearance of the Blessed Virgin Mary to Juan Diego in December of 1531. When Juan Diego saw the Blessed Virgin and reported the sightings to the Spanish Franciscan missionaries, they, after some initial disbelief, recognized the Blessed Virgin as the same they already knew in Spain. Our Lady Guadalupe was first seen in Guadalupe, Spain in the 1300s and quickly became an important part of the local practice of faith. But Our Lady of Guadalupe became one of the most important visions of the Blessed Virgin Mary to the entire world when she appeared in the Americas to Juan Diego on Tepeyac Hill, Mexico City. Starting at Tepeyac <clears throat> with Juan Diego, then to all the region, then throughout Mexico, including then what is now Texas, New Mexico, Arizona, and California, and all of Latin America, and ultimately around the world, knowing the Blessed Virgin Mary through her appearance as Our Lady of Guadalupe has become international. Pope Benedict XVI calls for Our Lady of Guadalupe's intervention when he prays for mothers, praying, Holy Mary, who under the title of Our Lady of Guadalupe is invoked as mother, encouraged by the love that you inspire in us, we once again place our life in your motherly hands. May you who are present in these Vatican gardens hold sway in the hearts of all mothers of the world and in your own heart. With great hope, we turn to you. You can notice an important detail in how Pope Benedict opened his prayer. Holy Mary, who under the title of Our Lady of Guadalupe, we have to be clear, there is only one Blessed Virgin Mary. But in her various appearances around the world throughout history, she has appeared in many different ways, so that each local population could recognize her. Our Lady of Lords looks European and spoke French. Our Lady of La Salat looks European and spoke French. Our Lady of Fatima looks European, but speaks Portuguese. Our Lady of Knock looks Irish and is even frequently depicted with reddish hair, common in Ireland, peeking out from under her veil. <clears throat> These are just a few examples, but they show that the Blessed Virgin appears in whatever way and speaks whatever language she needs so that the local population can accept and understand her. But there is only one Blessed Virgin Mary. And on Tepeyac Hill, the Blessed Virgin Mary appeared to Juan Diego. To be accepted and understood, Mary, as Our Lady of Guadalupe, appeared as a mestiza to demonstrate the coming together of the Spaniard and the Aztec people. Our Lady of Guadalupe spoke Juan Diego's native Aztec language and Spanish. And, as you know, she provided Juan Diego roses that were native to Spain in the middle of winter to bring to those Spanish missionaries and the Archbishop 
to prove that she, she was telling the truth. Or he was telling the truth about her, excuse me. When Juan Diego opened his cloak, or the tilma as it's called, to release the roses, there for everyone to see was the image of Our Lady of Guadalupe imprinted on the fabric. Now here are some important facts about that image on Juan Diego's tilma. The tilma is in itself a telling of the gospel through Mary. The image has remained intact with all of its original vibrancy for 491 years, even though the natural plant fiber for that cloak should have only been 30 years at the most. The image is a pictograph, meaning that every little emblem and detail has a specific meaning, which could be read and understood by the Aztec people. Her, her eyes are looking down, demonstrating her own humbleness and her compassion. She's human. She's not God. Like almost every depiction of the Blessed Virgin, her hair is covered with a veil representing her honoring God's glory. But this one is a blue-green color. It's the color that was worn by royalty and is covered with stars. The stars signify that she comes from heaven, the queen of heaven, the constellations are in the exact position as they appeared before dawn on the morning of December 12, 1531, her feast day. Her robe is colored rose or a pale red and covered with Aztec flowers, symbolizing being an Aztec princess. Her fur cuffs also symbolize royalty. She wears a black maternity band, signifying that she is with child, and in the center of her robe, overlying her womb, is a four-petal flower in the shape of a cross, which is the sign of the divine and the center of the cosmic order for the Aztec people. This symbolizes and told the, told the people that this virgin's baby, Jesus, is divine and the new center of the universe. Her hands are joined in prayer, again, emblematic that she is not God, but there is one that is greater than her, and she points her fingers to the cross on her brooch. The black cross on the brooch around her neck, it signifies that she is a follower of the God of the Spanish missionaries, Jesus Christ, who died on the cross for all peoples. Now, in the book of Revelation, Mary is depicted as pregnant, clothed with or surrounded by the rays of the sun, and the moon is under her feet. We've already seen that Mary is pregnant in the image on the tilma, but now we also see on the tilma that she stands in front of the sun, and in, the, in Tipiak, the sun symbolizes the greatest of the Aztec gods, which was a sun god. So her being there in front of the sun, the rays coming out from the sides, surrounded by them, she is announcing that the god that she serves is greater than their sun god. On the tilma, she stands on the moon. In Tepeyac, the crescent moon symbolized the Aztec feathered serpent moon god, and she has crushed or defeated him. She stands on the moon, representing that moon god. An angel supports the mother of God. The angel holds Mary's mantle in one hand and the robe with the other, signifying that the son she bears is both from heaven and earth. And the image on the tilma most importantly, was able to do what up to that time none of the missionaries were able to do. It was that image is able to clearly explain Christianity to the native people. The proof is the fact that under the apparition, eight million natives of Mexico converted 
to Christianity between 1531 and 1538. Now here's an extra bit of history. In 1517, Luther sparked a fire that would become the Protestant Reformation. Soon all of Europe was plunged in conflict, including open warfare, and over millions of people leaving the Catholic Church to become Protestant. But as all that was going on, Our Lady appeared to Juan Diego in Mexico, and millions more came into the Church. This is an important detail for a couple reasons. First, is that when the Bible refers to Jesus as the firstborn among many children, it doesn't mean that Mary had more children after Jesus. What the Bible means is that through Jesus, we have the the ability to become the children of God. When Jesus referred to the disciples as his brothers, he is the only begotten Son of God, and all others that become Christian are the adopted children of God through him. So he is the firstborn among many. Because of that, we are able to call God our Father. Our Father who art in heaven, just as the prayer goes. It is also the reason why we can call Mary our mother and the mother of the church. Now the other reason that the conversion of millions of new children of God is important is much more practical. While over in Europe, people were killing each other over questions such as if statues of our Blessed Mother and the other saints should be allowed, at the same time in the Americas, our Blessed Mother saved untold numbers of lives because when the native people became Christians, because our Blessed Mother pointed the natives to her son, the faith of her son and the salvation brought by her son, they ended human sacrifices. When she pointed to her son, she pointed to the ultimate sacrifice, and they recognized the fact that a human sacrifice was no longer needed. It was never needed, really, but they understood that their practice could be brought to an end. Because all true devotion turns your attention to Jesus. Let me say that again. All true devotion turns your attention to Jesus and the salvation that he provides. And that then becomes the easiest way to evaluate any Marian devotion or appearance. We can hear about them happening all over the world, but how many are true? We can ask some questions and get a reasonably uh, sure answer. Ask these questions. Does Mary direct you to her son? Does Mary instruct you to pray? Does Mary instruct you to do penance, meaning to turn and live for her son? Does does she encourage evangelization so that others will come to know Jesus? These are the signs that an, an appearance of Mary is most likely, almost certainly, real. But we know from what some people have reported about certain appearances of Mary around the world that they don't all do that. So you also have to ask, has she directed the attention to herself instead of Jesus? Has she said anything in conflict with the gospel? Like in some cases claiming Jesus' anger and vengeance, because that is clearly outside the gospel. If she is keeping secrets Or if she, like the bizarre belief in Bolivia, that she kills children if you do not do as she says, 
Those are some extremely strong signs that whatever Mary those people think they are seeing, she is not the Mary, the Blessed Virgin and Mother of our Lord Jesus Christ. Because the real Blessed Virgin Mary always directs us to her Son, Jesus Christ, no matter where or how she appears. And that is why we can always give Mary the due respect and honor and praise as Mother of God, Mother of the Church, who teaches us to walk with her Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Nuestra Señora de Guadalupe, ruega por nosotros. Amen. <laughs>